Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Mavericks. Your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are Locked On the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at DallasSportsFanatic.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? Winter is here. That's not a question. Guess Game of Thrones is back. That's, that's like all I care about <laughs> right now. That's not a question. That's not a Nick, question. Nick, I want to ask you a question about Game of Thrones, but... Go for it. See if I know. I, I've All right, I have watched one episode of Game of Thrones, the very first one. And that was kind of a weird episode. It was a weird episode, and I was like, well... And I don't really have access to HBO all the time, so I was just like, eh. And so I just kind of blew it off, and now everybody's like all freaking out about it, and I have, I am not in. I'm not in right now. <laughs> You're not in right now. But I've heard Bill Simmons talk about it enough, so go. See what I know. Hey, The Ringer's all about it. They're doing like an after show right They're now. They're doing a Talk the Thrones right now, <laughs> like live thing. They've been doing a... Uh, binge mode podcast about game of thrones that go they went through every single episode and did a pie i'm like i've listened to some i bet you have i i (laughs) and i will watch it at some point in my life and i will go through it and i will listen to the binge mode and it will be amazing and i will love it but for right now you know what annoys me annoys me is it's kind of like anything really in life if anything gets like really awesome or it's like pokemon go remember when pokemon go was huge yeah and there was it was that was probably a year ago now, right? Everybody it was huge. I played it. My wife played it. She never even watched Pokemon or was allowed to, you know, have Pokemon cards, but she would play it. And then there was these people on the other side that were like, "That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. How can you just walk around and blah 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 blah?" I mean, I've seen people that were fat that got skinny because of Pokemon Go and like, you know, walked twenty thousand steps in a day and had never done that in their life. So that that at least brought some people. Like there are some good things about it, and it was fun for a little while, but. Yeah, Game of Thrones is definitely a longer phenomenon. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Pokemon Go, but no nah, man, it's so fun to have it back. It's like a cult. But anyway, people who like try to bash Game of Thrones now because it's just had so long of a sustained success, and I'm like, y'all are just reaching too hard now. It's still great, and Game of I love Th- it. Game of Thrones, and I say this as somebody that has admittedly only watched one episode. Game of Thrones is the LeBron James of TV shows. Don't you dare do that. It does not choke five finals. <laughs> it's, it's not. It wins. It's been at the peak of its powers for forever. It has been the best show. It is critically acclaimed as the best show. Fans say it's the best show. They, we all know it's the best show. There are other shows that will come around and, you know, The Wire or Breaking Bad that will try to take it off of its perch, and it will not. It will always be critically acclaimed as the best show running right now, and it will be overlooked, and people will love to hate on it. That's what That's what's going on right now. You know what it never does? Flop. <laughs> it never it never flops. So, but Speak, no, I'm excited. Speaking of flopping, when's the last time you've been paintballing? Well, what the heck? Um, I think <laughs> I went with my youth group. Man, that was like back in high school. It's been dude, I loved I loved paintball, man. Like that that was the cool thing. I went paintballing with a bunch of 25-year-olds today, and I am 25 as well, but I went with a bunch of dudes today. We went to this place and we walked in. All the guys behind the counter were younger than us. All the kids there were obviously younger than us. We're going through this training video and I look over my friend who's older than me and I say, you are the oldest human in this building right now. (laughs) (laughs) But we had fun. We got, you know, I got shot in the neck. I got shot in the back. I have welts, you know, all the, all the good stuff. Heck yeah, dude. I got paint. I got paint in my mouth and it's, it's disgusting. That does not sound fun. No, it it wasn't. But everything else is fun, so I had a good time. But I had not gone paintballing in forever. It Who do you think so would random. win a, a paintball one-on-one? Dwight Dennis Powell. Smith, Dennis Smith Jr. or Alonzo? Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. 
Yeah, for got sure. that got that accuracy. Passing is not <laughs> like shooting a gun. That is different. It's different. <laughs> However, Dennis Smith Jr. was not victorious tonight in the DSJ versus Lonzo Part One extravaganza of summer league. It it's was. Over. It was. It's over. It's over for the Mavericks. The Ma- I, I did a couple of takes at the beginning of the pod, and I was. I did one where I was super ex- overly excited, and I said, "Well, that's a little too much. We just lost a game." So then I toned it down, and I toned it down way too much. I turned it down to like one and a half, and it was way too low. But guys, summer league is over. We've you know we got two games to talk about today. Summer league game four for Vegas, which was the Boston game. And then Summer League Game 5, which is the L.A. Lakers game. Then we're going to mention just a little bit uh, Jonathan Simmons uh, going to Orlando, and then, which is just so weird to me. And then Rondo going to New Orleans, which is somehow weirder to me. That Those two deals are just baffling to me. I have a lot to say about it. And then make sure you tune in tomorrow because this past weekend, I know you guys heard from me and Isaac. I was at the Adidas uh, Uprising gauntlet finale in south carolina i was working for you know a different company i was not you know covering it as a media person however i snuck away for a little bit got some time and i was able to interview one of dennis smith jr's coaches from his aau team got some really good stuff from him about you know uh, his attitude working with others and things like that so you're going to want to listen tomorrow check in on that uh little tease for you so be sure to come back tomorrow i'll be hearing from dennis smith jr's aau coach and then i have a sodom shame today that i was told everybody that I was going to share on Friday and I completely forgot, but I have it right here. So that's what we got today. That's what's on the docket. All right. Let's start though with the uh, Celtic game. This was an ugly game. (laughs) This game was on uh, Saturday. They're playing back to backs basically. And then the championship game is tonight. If you guys are listening to this on a Monday, so they're playing back to back uh, to back. Basically the Lakers are, Uh, but this Celtics game, no Tatum, no Jalen Brown, no Ante Zizic. I mean, it was basically the if the summer league is like your B team, this is like the C team of the Celtics, you know. And uh, it was ugly. The first quarter was so ugly, and then the Mavericks just pulled ahead. And man, destroyed. so you said you said all the people that were out, and then factor in that Dennis had three points, I think, uh, for the whole game. <laughs> so that gives you a definition of how the game went. How the how game enjoy- went. enjoyable it was to watch. If you didn't watch. So, it. yeah. Um, you know, in my scale of excitement of how to watch things, yes. what I do. So on, so on a scale from zero to Game of Thrones, this was like. <laughs> uh, this is like a one, like a scale of what do I do during the actual event. Right. Uh, I think I was writing. I was talking with my wife about like plans for the weekend. <laughs> I was doing all these things, and I like watched more towards the end, just because Satnam came in. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> Everything goes off because I got to see Satnam. And you know, what? I want to give a shout out. I don't even know the person's name, but guys, ESPN Dallas actually wrote, spent the time and wrote a story. Yeah, <laughs> that Satnam is still trying to make the league. And I'm like, hey, just major shout out to that guy that actually took the time to write out. A piece about Satnam trying to make an NBA. Instead of just it's tweeting just, out, this guy will never make it. You know, like I feel yeah. I feel like that's what a lot of people have done. And we've sort of done that on this podcast, even though we've talked about Satnam, you know, at length. Well, but, but just give him his due as an actual basketball player. <laughs> Satnam <laughs> plus Ding was the story of this game. We Dude. I've talked about at length. I was I was in the arena when it was happening at certain points where Ding gets on the court. And the Lakers fans in there, and it is all Lakers fans, just start chanting and yelling and yelling for Ding. And uh, I talked to a player on the team that was on the floor when Ding was there, and I asked him if he had ever been part of something like that, where anytime you get the ball, they boo, and anytime you pass to another player, (laughs) they would cheer. He said, never, never in my life, in my whole basketball life, this is a guy that's played, you know, a bunch of basketball in his life. <laughs> never never been in a situation where it was just so unique. It was such a weird situation because think about Summer League. You are in an environment where it's fans of a different team, not even the one of the two teams playing, right? So like most college games where you have rabid fans, like let's say the Duke North Carolina game, right? Like this is a good example for you. So if they're playing in um oh crap, what's the what's the Poly Pavilion? They're playing it they're playing in uh they're playing there. And then see so you have all the, you know, the, the Duke. Wait, what's the, no, what's the Duke Stadium? 
Cameron? Cameron, gosh. If they're playing in Cameron, you have all the Duke fans that'll cheer when Duke scores, and then you they boo when North Carolina gets it. So it's back and forth, and there's like this balance, right? Then yeah. all of a sudden you have this Lakers or you have this Maverick Celtics game when all the Lakers there's all Lakers fans there. They hate the Celtics. So all of a sudden they all start rooting for the Mavericks a little bit. Yeah. But then they have Ding, who is like their hero, and <laughs> he comes into the game, and it just becomes this turn against anybody that is not Ding or Sotnam at this point. It's such a weird thing because it's like you're on a you're on a neutral site, also with neutral fans. <laughs> yeah, it it reminds me a lot of the NCAA tournament because yeah, they put yeah. they put you know these s- sections of games in different places, and they'll put like Duke in Greensboro. You know, some like yeah. right next, you know, pretty much down the road. And then what will happen is, the, you know, or what happened last year with this is getting off of college basketball, but it's really <laughs> similar, really similar with this. As far as Duke and them, they couldn't play in North Carolina because of the, the whole law and everything happening. They took yeah, away the yeah. games. Bathroom so law. they played, they played in South Carolina and South Carolina was actually in their bracket and in their, all this, all this thing. But what happens is these games are like back to back. And so you see, just like Summer League, some of these teams and their fan bases are sticking around for yep. the next game, or they're already in there for the next game. And you get these fan bases to where, of like, if North Carolina is, you know, playing the game before or playing the game after Duke, you'll have Carolina fans in there during the Duke game, you know, cheering for whatever team it is. So it's a really similar situation. Or like the Olympics, where it's just, you know, fans from all all different nations and sometimes they get behind a certain individual or something but it was just a weird situation that i don't think can be replicated in sports and that's what makes the summer league so awesome is it's just so random and it just has these different you know quirks about it and it's super fun i I just love summer league and i'm i wish i was still there in vegas even though the mavericks lost tonight (laughs) a couple other things i wanted to get to about this celtics game before we move on is uh donnie nelson sat down and uh talked to the guys that you know, on the, at the scores table and said, talked about Dennis with juniors dunk and said, I don't know if anyone's gotten more action off of a missed dunk. And I thought about that for a long time. I can't think of any <laughs> that have got more action off a missed dunk. It's just the way social media is. And I'm sure Vince Carter had some dunks or, you know, Jordan had some dunks that he missed that were, you know, insane or whatever, but just with the social media era and, you know, how well, you gotta, get we gotta, under, yeah, we gotta understand too. It, it's summer league and there's nothing else going on. Besides summer league, <laughs> yeah. you know, if this miss dunk happened in the regular season on a Friday night, like it would still be, it would still be like, get some hype some, but it wouldn't be as much because there's, you know, eight other games going on and people throwing down dunks and all this stuff. So the fact that it's summer league and not really anything too exciting is happening besides, you know, a few performances here and there and stuff that, that escalates. So I'm not trying to take anything away from it, but. No, and, and you're watching for these types of things. You're watching for the dunks. You're watching for the crazy Lonzo passes. You're watching for a big scoring night like Donovan Mitchell had. You're watching for certain things like that. You're watching for plays. Because even the thing with Lonzo, like even with Lonzo's passing, I think Lonzo is an, is an insane of a passer. And we talked about like people's one skills or prospects' one skills yeah. outweighing others. And I think his passing is outweighs any other prospect's one skill. But even his passing, you're seeing the, the summer league treatment getting to it to where, like, Lonzo can make a simple bounce pass, and we're, th- we're throwing up, you know, 17 replays, <laughs> gifts, slow-mo, you know, sports spinner special on it, and it's just like a one-handed bounce pass or something. You're like, well, sports, bro, I did that at YMCA last week. You sports know center special. Are we talking about shoes now? Oh, my gosh. We can talk about shoes. You know, I can talk about no, shoes. No, he knows. He knows. After the game, after the, the – not this past Lakers game against the Mavericks, but the game before. I can't remember who they were playing, but Cassidy Hubbard basically just asked him, like, do you know what you're doing when you're wearing all these different shoes? And he's like, is this part of a big – like a master plan? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's because he he knows that – it's there's a reason why Nike and all these people like I t- said before I worked for Nike I know it goes into designing <laughs> these shoes at Nike I know these materials I know like when they have a a player that is under their sponsorship they bring him up to Portland to Oregon up there to their you know, home office they test him they run all these tests and watch their feet on these shoes and seeing their impact points and just all this different stuff you think big ball, big baller brands doing that crap no 
No, Alonzo's out here playing. He plays a couple games in those shoes and realizes, man, this is crappy. Like, my feet might hurt. You know, these shoes are horrible. I, don't, I need to start wearing some other crap. So, I think, I don't, th- I don't buy one bit this was their plan all along. I think it's more, hey, he realizing. Realized. Yeah. Like, th- long, long term, you can't play in, you know, crappy stuff if you're a pro. Especially if you're going to play 82 games plus preseason plus summer league plus you know any practices or anything like that. Just wearing those. How many big baller brand shoes would he run through? I mean, those yeah, and like I mean, you can pull them off every once in a while. I mean, we saw like Nick Young wear Yeezys one time. Yeah, and, yeah. you know. It, but like you know, Tabo Cephalosha, he wears Air Max 90s. I mean, those are lifestyle shoes. But they're like in this new era of lifestyle shoes. You know, it's a Nike. Air Max type thing and they're super lightweight but it's still super weird that he wears them in a basketball game because it's not what they're for but he makes it work with that but still like you still got the technology with Nike. Big Baller brand is Does whatever he make the heck it, work? it is. Does Tabo Cephalosha make it work? Alright. He just signed again. So he's that's, doing something. That's true. He's still he's still making it work. Also Donnie Nelson specifically called Yogi a good backup. So maybe that tells us he's a second string point guard at this point. Or yeah, is he just he's saying, JJ. Yeah, so I, th- I think that also... And then uh, when asked about ding, because the, the ding-ness was at its height... <laughs> the ding-ness. <laughs> in, this, in this game. <laughs> and uh, let's, call, let's call these Lakers fans that cheer about ding, and it stinks that I just came up with this. We'll call them the dinguses. How about that? <laughs> the dinguses that cheer for ding. <laughs> it, stinks that this, it stinks that this is over. And now they'll probably be back when if ding gets a camp invite, but... When asked about Ding and asked about if he could make the roster, basically, Jeff Van Gundy just basically asked him if he's going to be able to make the roster. And he said, and Donnie Nelson said this about Ding, really excited for him to join our summer league team. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. We talk about how, you know, they these guys know what they're saying and they have these answers sort of prepared. And you have to think that they're getting briefed on this Ding thing and how they should, you know, respond to questions and things. And... For him to be asked if Ding's going to make the roster or if he has a chance, and then for Donnie to just specifically start with, we were really excited for him to join our summer league team. <laughs> he Translated, sort of, it's leaning PR move. Slow your roll. I think he's. I think he's definitely a player. It's not a hundred percent a PR move. You're not putting out somebody. You're not putting somebody out there that can't play. It's not a hundred percent. But if you look across summer league, how many of these wing guys that you could have had on your team? Compared to bringing Ding over the Chinese MVP and what you know, you might have. I don't know. I'm not. You know, I said I'd take him over Nico, and I still stand by that. But whatever. Yeah. The last thing I want to bring up from this game, uh, Jeff Van Gundy was asked, "How do you evaluate summer league numbers?" And I was super ready for him to just <laughs> totally trash the summer league and just go all in. But he he actually had a really good answer to this. He said. Numbers are overrated in summer league, which is true and right. The one question I ask is, can you guard? Guys have trouble guarding their position. I was like, that is so true. This is this is the one thing that we really need to look at. And you sort of saw it tonight when let's transition over to the Lakers game. We saw a couple times Lonzo cannot handle Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> he just yeah, he just yeah. can't. He'll just drive right by him every single time. And so you're looking at things like that. And so for the Lakers, them bringing Contavious Caldwell Pope, now you have Pope on Dennis Smith Jr. instead of Lonzo. So you kind of learn like, okay, is Lonzo, you know, Lonzo has pretty good defensive instincts, but he just can't stay. He's not quick enough to stay in front of a guy like Dennis Smith Jr., especially backpedaling. And I so just, I thought that was just an interesting thing. Can you guard? And so let's we'll just talk about, we'll talk about a couple of these different players and what we learned about them. Well, I liked regard. how they started off the game on each other. Yeah. And you have yeah, to, yeah. like, if I had to put money on it, I'm putting money on the Dennis, Dennis asked for that. Because Yogi's, we talked about last time, whatever, you know, what's his face? Friday. Tweet at me and said something about Beverly and Yogi. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, like, we talked about last time as far as, like, if you're talking about who's the more pesky, maybe better on-ball point guard defender, I think I would take Yogi over Dennis right now, but... And you know Dennis didn't start off on Yogi, or didn't, or Yogi didn't start off on Lonzo, and I'm like, this is interesting. Like Dennis is guarding Lonzo. This is pretty cool. Like we get the we really get the head to head matchup, and you know Lonzo started off hitting those two threes, and that was huge for him. But when Dennis gets an ISO, have fun Shoot. with that. I mean, 
I want to see, you know, he still, he does, ha- you know, he does force it a little bit sometimes. You know, he's not perfect, which he's 19 or, you know, whatever. So, but his ISO, you know, especially with Alonzo and his, he's got, man, he's got that little pump fake spin in the lane and, you know, fade away. And he's got that like down. That's like his move in the paint. So yeah, that was, it was looked really nice and really got Lonzo off of his feet, completely in the air, totally spun him around. Yeah, because he has those two moves. You know, when when Dennis drives the lane, you have to make it a choice as a defender to where he, you know, that time he drove up uh, Zubac at the very beginning, and man, he he has the he contorts his body to where he puts his like left shoulder, like left side into the defender and reaches his right arm out to keep the ball away from him and scoops it up, you know, kind of, that's how he uses his six, three frame, really similar to Kyrie Irving. And we talked about measurements on the pre-draft thing about how his measurements measure really, you know, almost identical to Kyrie. But then when you have that element of your game to be able to contort your body, to throw those shots up, then players are wanting to get that early jump on blocking the shot. And then you saw Alonzo try to do that, but yet he has the move, too, to stop on the dime and do the fadeaway. And it's like, if you're a defender, how like how do you stop him at the rim but then try to figure out? I mean, it's just these split-second decisions that these defenders have to make. Yeah, no, completely. He's you know He's got these moves in the paint. I want to go back to defense just for a second. You remember that? Do you remember that kid reporter from Sports Illustrated? that asked Frank Martin of South yeah. Carolina that question, and he said, that is one heck of a question. I have never in all my years been asked that question. Do you remember what the question was? I want to say, was it something about body language? No. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> I only remember this because uh, I watched just recently watched this video of, of him interviewing Kobe Bryant, and they showed that clip before he came out. But the kid asked him, on defense, how much of it is effort and how much of it is technique? And I think that Yogi is a really high effort guy. We've seen it. We saw it all year that he is just a high effort guy. And when you're on defense and you have this pes- that peskiness that you talk about, it's the effort. And so uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is labeled as a guy that didn't have a ton of effort, you know, coming into the league and coming out of college. And we talked to we talked to Dennis Smith Jr.'s AAU coach about it, and we'll play that audio for you tomorrow and discuss all that. But so we'll get to that tomorrow. But. He's one of those guys labeled as that. And if he's calling out guys and if he's wanting to go after guys like that, that is a really good sign for that part of his game. Now, did he necessarily live up to it? Did he shut down Lonzo? Uh, <laughs> not really. It's hard to it's hard to shut down a guy that just passes the ball like perfectly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's easy to shut down a guy that it's easy to tell when you shut down a guy that scores, right? The guy doesn't score, misses shots, forces him to take tough shots. You're doing a good job. But if the guy is you know, you're trying to shut a guy down, and he's just passing a Kuzma, and he's making a three. You know, or this guy, what? Who that guy? Thomas. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, Matt, Matt Thomas. Yeah, Matt Thomas just came out of nowhere hitting all those threes tonight. I think the Lakers were 17 of 22 from three tonight. No, it's nuts. It was insane. I mean, they're hitting, they're hitting everything completely. So I just want to point that out about about the defense, and just I think we'll go, we'll talk about Dennis Smith Jr.'s defense all year probably. <laughs> That's gonna be yeah, a big in- thing. We're gonna look at this draft class. You know, we've we've talked about it before. I think it's just gonna be insanely loaded. It is loaded. Yeah. We're gonna look at it years from now and be like, this is one of the best ones ever as far as the past like twenty years. But you look at these point guards and this is where it's gonna really come interesting when you look at rookie of the year and all this stuff. It's kinda like when you look at like LeBron and comparing him to like Jordan and Kobe and stuff as far as they're two different type of players, and you you watch Dennis and you watch Lonzo play two different type of players, and they play the same and, position. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like it almost goes back to like a you know back you know back in the day it was you know it was like the kid and Iverson debate you know and kid was in yeah, on the yeah, nets yeah. and it's like oh who's the better point guard I'm like well it's two two different people you know or like, like Chris Paul and Darren Williams yeah that one was a little bit yeah. more but still they're just so different yeah chris uh chris won this i think he was he scored a little bit more you know as far as like kid was solely known for his passing and iverson was mainly scoring stuff like that as far as yeah so when you look at lonzo and like even dennis smith it's like you know how are you going to judge them when it comes to rookie of the year whenever there's a good chance lonzo might average 11 and 11 11 11 and like eight 
You know, like I mean, yeah. that could be that could be his average whenever well, Dennis. One thing, finish. one thing about those eight rebounds, and I'm assuming eight was the rebounds. That dude's gonna get thrown around in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he he will, but it's also his frame helps him a ton. And as far as like his six six frame compared to some other point guards, and then two, you know, it's it's kind of like the Russell Westbrook treatment too. You know, as far as is he gonna come in the lane during free throws? Is he going to crash the boards whenever, you know, it's a faster paced game, stuff like that. But what stat line is going to mean more to people? You know, if he averages 11, 11 and like seven or something and Dennis averages, you know, 19 or 20. And I think, I think Dennis could average 18 a game. Yeah. You know, 19 a game. And so it's going to be, it's just, it's important to look at it that, well, one, it frustrates me how people want to hate Lonzo because his dad. And you know you're Mr. Laker, but Stop. I'll take up I'll take up for I'll take up for Lonzo, you know, any day. Like I I love yeah. watching his, the guy play. His dad, as far as Lonzo's play, is irrelevant, completely irrelevant. Yeah, and so it's it's going to be so much fun. I tweeted this out tonight. It's going to be so much fun watching this really class play for the next decade, and it's just going to be kind of two different spectrums. And I, I was talking about LeBron stuff. That's why I hate comparing. Like one, it's not even comparison to me. Like Jordan's you know better than LeBron. He's over LeBron. Yeah. But I hate comparing them because it's just two different categories. Like you put LeBron in the magic category. Like that's they have their own category. And then you have like Jordan and Kobe in them. Like they have their own category. And that's I hate trying to compare. It's it's kind of like fit, football, you know. In you know, like how can you say that you know Wilt Wilt or Jordan or Wilton? Like you know you can't compare these games and positions. Like I hate all time debate stuff, but. That's a different category. We just got to appreciate, appreciate Lonzo and Dennis, and they play the same position, but different styles too. So you're saying you haven't embraced debate yet? You haven't embraced embraced, embraced debate. <laughs> that's not that's not something you do. You don't you don't embrace debate. I don't normally like debate. I don't argue on social media. That's just something I don't do. I don't. I, I hate I hate arguing social. You know who my favorite people are in social media? Is it Is me? It pe- well, besides you, I mean, you're number one. <laughs> <laughs> the my second favorite people. You got my tweets it's, on. You got notifications on my tweets. Every one of them. No. It's <laughs> no, I don't. No. I'd be annoying. I guess it'd be annoying. I think. <laughs> but second, my second favorite people in the world are the people who I want to say even verified people who respond to Trump's tweets. Ver- verified people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Verified people who respond to Trump's tweets that reply to Trump's tweets. And like sometimes if you see a Trump tweet and it says like, you know, I don't know, 28,000 replies and I'm like, sometimes I'll click on it just for the fun of it and I'll go down through there and there's some like verified people that's like replied like 58 times. And I'm like, they just do What's these threads. They just do these what? threads. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, it's solely to make yourself feel better, but anyway. Now it's just random stuff. So. Yeah. So, all right, well, where are we going with this? Dennis, Dennis <laughs> shot zero for one from three tonight, I think. And he, I, I mean, I was, didn't I he hit one? I thought he hit one. Or did he? I don't know. I, I could have that wrong, but he, we definitely his, needed more. His scoring was interesting. He scored ten points in the first quarter. It came out pretty strong. That Lakers, the Lakers, just pace was crazy at the beginning of the game. I quote tweeted Bobby Corrala who was talking about the pace of the game and I was like what's good though is that the Mavericks seem to be sticking with them and they were only down three at that point <laughs> and then it just the onslaught came on and the Mavs just looked completely frazzled they looked like they just couldn't handle the pace they couldn't handle the, how fast it was going and when the when one team is pushing the pace and they're 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 pushing their own pace on you I think you, you just need to stay within yourself and stay within your own game there are coaches hey, stay, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. There's a couple. Oh, this is what I wanted to bring up earlier. Lavar recently said that him and him and Lamelo would beat Shaq and Sharif. Sharif O'Neal is Shaq's son, who is like this big prospect. Not big, not as big as Shaq. He's like a wing, but I think that is one matchup that he's finally said that could actually happen. <laughs> and I really want it to happen really bad because I want to see Shaq dunk on Lavar. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Feel like have that. you seen Have you seen Lavar shoot the ball? Yes. Yeah. There's that think, video. There's that video where he shoots at a basket that's off camera, and you just hear clank, clank, clank. <laughs> uh, but so when you're you when the other team's playing their pace, you got to kind of stay within yourself. I know there are some coaches that their philosophy is 
we don't care about the other team. We don't really do footage or stuff like that. We want to stay within our game, stay within what we want to do, you know? And I don't know how great that philosophy is, but that's something that, you know, teams really want to do, stay within ourselves, play our game, focus on us. I think the Patriots kind of do that a lot where they're just like, we want to just focus on Patriot football and the Patriot way and all that stuff. And I think that's sort of important for a really young team that is just trying to figure itself out. Like, especially in summer league, you should not be focusing on on the other team or looking at film or anything stupid like that. Just stay within yourselves and do and play your game. And then if they still run you out of the gym, then man, they run you out of the gym. They they shoot the lights out like 80%. Yeah. It was stupid tonight. How much, how many shots they were making, but so I got a question for you. Right as ha- right at halftime, Dorian Finney-Smith finally hits a three, and he hit that three. Do you do you see his face when he hit that three? We've been around I, Dorian for like a year now, and I, I have had some pretty good conversations with him and talking with him, seeing him in different places and different scenarios after a big win, after a really bad loss, after like a close loss and things. Like I've seen him. He was mad. He looked pissed when he hit that shot. He hit that shot and immediately spun around and started walking into the tunnel. As soon as he saw that it counted, he just walked into and that's just something I observed that I said, man, <laughs> gosh, Torian is upset right now. He is, man, he's got a lot to work on, and he knows. That, It'll be interesting to see the, the progression from now till the season starts. This is one of my questions. Are we sure he's a lock? To be on the roster? Uh-huh. Yes, I am 100% sure. Okay. Yeah, I leave it. I leave a chance at it. Unless there's, this is the way I could see him not being on the roster, and his contract is non guaranteed. That something else comes up. I have no idea what that thing could be. It could be a. Tri- <laughs> what does that mean? It could be a, no. Just another player comes up where the Mavs have an opportunity to gra- to get another player, like get another exactly you know, young yeah, piece. That, if, that's if, why I'm saying like is. I'm that's just, so hypothetical I that I can't even definitively say, like, yes, he'll be gone because there's something coming up. There's some other thing that is on the but horizon. He he was an underafted player. You know, who says you can't? Okay, would you rather have him or Shabazz Muhammad? Oh. Okay, would you rather have him or Kyle Kuzma? Gosh. One exactly. Of, one of the writers from Mass Fanatic, Trevor, Trevor Peel, I'll give I'll give him some love. He said that Kyle Kuzma will be more important in five years to the Lakers than Lonzo Ball. That's stupid. I'm sorry about that, whoever said that. But. And he said that Lonzo Ball won't be on the Lakers anymore in five years and that Kyle Kuzma will be and he'll be a better player. And he said and then one of my Lakers blogger friends chimed in and was like, "That is ridiculous. <laughs> that just doesn't make that doesn't make any sense." And I was like, "Thank you." And then he said he also said that, and this is almost going to be a sign of shame, but it doesn't involve the Mavericks. So he also said that uh, that Kuzma will be starting by the All Star break. And I was like, "He's got to get through Randall. Who's he going to start over? Larry Nance." <laughs> Dang is still in the team and plays four. Brandon Ingram's going to play a lot of four for them. Like he's he's a third, maybe fourth string, four four for them. I just don't see that happening. That was just a dumb thing that he said today. No, but like Matt, but I, I think, oh, so. Like, you you said Kuzma or or Dorian Finney Smith. Yeah, it's easy to say Kuzma right now because you're looking at summer league and we're, we're reacting off of five games and saying that he's definitively bad and Kuzma is, is definitively good. And it's just probably not that way. No, I know that what? Dorian Finney Smith played 80 games in the NBA, 81 games in the NBA and played really good above average defense. And that is on a, that on a 33 win team on a 33 win team, but he's also undrafted. He's also, you know, a rookie. You don't expect a rookie to you know come in and because they had Dorian Finney Smith, they won five extra games, you know, or something. <laughs> won seven like extra him. games. I do too. I like him, and I think he'll be on the roster. I'm just saying, I'm not. I'm not going to say here and say it's a lock. I'm not going to say he's going into training camp saying like he his spots still there because we we talked about you mentioned last part. I'm like, well, what roster spots are there? You know, what roster spots are open? I'm just saying we should slow our roll on him being a complete lock because his shot has looked super bad in summer league. No, as far as like it's not going in, and that was been that that was his big thing, as far as this off season, and you can say you know summer league or not, but like that's the thing you want to see improvement in, and 
I don't know. You know, he he can't. I'm gonna play you know the pessimist side of his game now, but like he can't take people off the dribble. He's not gonna ISO it out. He or did today like that. though. He took somebody off the dribble and did a nice dump off pass to Brandon Ashley, and I tweeted it. I tweeted. Oh yeah, it was on the baseline. Finney Smith. <laughs> yeah. So like, but like he's not a threat with that. No, so like, no, no, not in the NBA. His, his so then you ask yourself like what you know is 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 an outside shooter. You know, you get somebody like Kuzma. Like let's just put the profile on a player like Kuzma, take his name out of it or whatever. Another wing guy, similar size of Finney Smith, that can hit the outside shot pretty well, but you might sacrifice some on defense a little bit. So, I don't know. It's just something to, I don't know. It's just, you want to see, I want to see training camp invites. I want to see how that's going to look like, you know, as far as who's going to come in. You know, Motley's going to be there for sure, and you know, Kleber is going to come in from Germany. And, yeah. you know, we got a couple camp invites to throw out, and I want to see how many of them are, are wings. So, I I think it's great to hypothetically say that, you know, Dorian Finney Smith's not going to be on the roster, but he's, I think he's 100% going to be on the roster. I don't think, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be on the roster. Okay. I we mean, can, we if, can agree to disagree. Okay. Uh, Nico, though. Well, I already gave you my prediction about Nico. Yeah, I wish we could. I wish we could just fuse Nico and Dorian Finney Smith together. Can we just do that? <laughs> just make like one solid wing three and D player. Can we do that? Because Nico shot actually pretty well the last couple of games. And it, well, and this is another thing too. How many players going to training camp or going to summer league? You know, this is kind of a twofold question because like Jalen Brown played in summer league and stuff. But like, how many people go into summer league as one hundred percent roster locks? All the like a lot of the rookies, all like well, besi- the, all like the, the first, rookies. I mean, yeah. I mean, like second round, like second year players. You know, like Jalen Brown came in and played what two or three games, and then they, you know, they set him down. He never played again. Yeah. So it's like you know what, uh, Brandon yeah. In- Brandon Ingram, another guy that just came in, played one game, and Matt yeah. Johnson, no, 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 he's gone. <laughs> so like it gives you, a, you know, it does the fact that he did he is in summer league. He he did play. He played every single game. It does give you another sense of like from the Mavs. Like he still has to improve his game a lot. Like he still has to. Yep. He really has to get better shooting. And, and I think this goes to this goes to show us. And we'll talk about how our expectations affect how we respond to certain things when we talk about Jonathan Simmons. But I think all of us were surprised that like Dorian was on the summer league roster, that Yogi was on the summer league roster, that, that you know, Nico and AJ, like all those guys. We were surprised that that whole group was on. Not that they were all, they were all playing, but just that the whole group in its entirety was there. And these guys do have a ton to work on. Like you said, it's a 33 win team and not every, like nobody should be safe. Basically if your team is that bad. And so everybody should have to come in and everybody should have to show that they're, you know, worth it. And that they, you know, or at least just take the take the opportunity to try to get better, right? Yeah. I think the only – I mean, the fact that we're probably not going to be the greatest team this year, so bringing him in. You know, I think Eddie, Eddie Sefko on Twitter earlier this evening at some point, somebody said something – or no, it was after the game tonight. He quote tweeted somebody because they said, oh, it's the last Mavs game until, you know, October – and he and Eddie said, "Yeah, and for better or better or for worse, the roster is pretty much intact." And it's just like, I yeah. think it's more for the worse. I, mean, I, like, I said it's the the last game till Fan Jam, and oh my gosh, my mentions blew up just by people saying, "What? There's they're doing Fan Jam this year? Oh my gosh, they're doing Fan Jam! I didn't know they were doing Fan Jam." And I'm like, "Oh dang, I totally well, just, not, I messed it's not that even a game though. I messed that up." No, last year what they did, they just did that open practice thing, and that was a little different. But I, yeah, call, I called it Fan Jam because that's what I just assumed that it was, and that I assumed last year was Fan Jam too. Because <laughs> the past couple of years they bring it in, they play like a quarter. And yeah, yeah. last year they did the knockout thing, and or was that two years ago? I can't remember. It wasn't but, last year. Okay, it's two years ago. They did like the World Guinness Book World Record knockout game and all that stuff, but. <laughs> Yeah, so it was crazy. I, we don't know if they're having a fan jam or not, so don't add us. They'll have something. I mean, they've had it. Yeah, the they three, always do something. Three years since I've been here, to where like you can, you know, fans show up and there's opportunities to win like VIP passes to meet the players and 
a lot of it's like their you know big kickoff community event and, yeah and especially with dennis you know coming in and, oh yeah you know, dirk dirk back and all this stuff so like they're gonna do something we just don't know details at this point all right we done talking about summer league we ready to put summer league to bed summer league is in bed tucked away tucked it, it. Was f- tucked it till next year fun ride let's make a prediction right now a year from now <laughs> are we talking about dennis smith jr playing in summer league again no heck no he ain't playing he's got the he's about to win rookie of the year all right he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna play in this no all right i hope i hope you're right <laughs> no he he's gonna be uh he's gonna be past past this i was surprised yogi played in it he was the only one i was surprised like nico he's supposed to play in that hammonds whatever yeah and you know Finney Smith, I was halfway surprised, but there was still. You became less surprised as summer league went on, though. Yeah, but like there were still. <laughs> you glaring can tell by holes. our conversations. Yeah, there was glaring holes in Finney Smith's game that he obviously needed to work on. I don't know how much. I don't know how much of a different level Yogi's going to get to. Yeah, as far as I get you know, what what Yogi is is what, it, and I'm happy with what Yogi is. It's kind of what you want and you're going to get as far as a spark plug off the bench. Completely. Uh, Lonzo's passing, like you said, (laughs) incredible. Man, just threw some crazy passes. And there was one point that that I thought was interesting, and this is going to be a conversation we'll have. But some people say that when everybody zigs, you zag. And so you do like what the Memphis Grizzlies did where you have all these bigs and you play completely different than what everybody else is trying to play. Everybody else is trying to spread it out and all this stuff. And so you play this big rough and t- rough and tumble game with the, you know, these bigs and rebound and all this stuff. Or, you know, now the Pelicans are trying this thing with these two bigs and, you know, that are versatile. And so Zig, well, everybody else is zagging. Well, there's a lot of score first point guards right now. There's a lot of, of point guards that might be shooting guards 20 years ago, right? And so you're looking at these guys, and Dennis Jr. is one of them, where he's sort of a score-first point guard. And maybe the zigging while everybody else is zagging is this pass-first, completely pass-only you know, only point guard in Lonzo that gets everybody involved because everybody is so skilled now. The NBA is primed for a guy like this where you have a, – a, Kuzma was their four, <laughs> and sometimes their five in this game. And a guy can hit threes at a, you know, a really good rate. And so seeing a guy like that, when you put a you know a Brandon Ingram around him and other guys like that, it's just gonna make it's gonna be make them so much better, and it's gonna be different. It's gonna be just a different look than everybody had. And so the Mavericks are finally happy that they got this point guard that looks like everybody else's point guards, besides the athleticism, you know, and, and different things that make them unique. But they're they're finally happy that they got this point guard. And what if the era of those kind of point guards is going out? That's a that's a huge conversation. I just like opened up there, but that was a. One well, he re- observation from the game today. I mean, he reminds me of Rondo some in Boston. A little, yeah. And, you know, he's a better shooter than Rondo. But, you know, the whole, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and But, you know, it kind of goes back to the same concept of, you know, you see the type of players they are and you have to put the right players around them. You know, for Dennis, you know, Dennis is the score first point guard, 6'3", six, 6'3", three, six, three wingspan. You need a defender alongside of him. Like yeah. you need you need a bigger guy alongside of him that can, you know, defend these other big point guards and all this stuff. Oh, you like like Wes Matthews? <sighs> yeah, like Wes Matthews. Like oh, we want to bash him all we want, but like that's yeah. I mean, I think that's a perfect person to play alongside of him, not Seth Curry. But with Lonzo, it's kind of the same the same process as far as you know. He needs a defender, but he's still six six. I mean, he still has a bigger frame, but two. You need a three-point shooter beside him. You need a three-point shooter beside him more importantly than you do Dennis Smith because Dennis is the better all-around scorer than Lonzo. Lonzo's the pass first, so you need to put shooters all around him. And that's where I think low-key, the Brook Lopez thing, like that dude's going to get some threes. Like He can shoot threes now. Yeah, he just started shooting threes last year and shot like 35%. (laughs) Yeah, and like, I mean. And hit a bunch. I was never, I've never been the biggest Lakers fan, but your boys are going to look decent this year. I mean, they're not going to like win games, but it's going to be awful. It's going to be fun to, it's at least more fun to watch than last year. I mean, running out Lonzo, Pope, Ingram, Randall, and Lopez. I mean, that's at least fun. Don't forget Lou Altang. 
he's bandaging people up over there. No, Larry Nance Jr. Don't forget about him too. Luol Deng's about to play in this Africa game, and that's the most that's the most minutes he's going to have in six months. Friend of the pod, Larry Nance Jr. All right, let's talk about Jonathan Sim. Oh, okay. So the, the we haven't put summer league to bed yet. The the last five oh minutes of the game, I really wanted to see what we were going to get from Dennis Jr. and the last couple minutes where the Mavericks finally came all the way back, we're within four, right? Like they were down 20 something and they came all the way back to within four. I was really focused on, and I just watched Dennis Smith Jr. the entire time and his face didn't really change. He didn't, he you know, he didn't seem to get frustrated or anything. And he came back in the game after the, the other squad, the squad that he was not on brought them all the way back that Yogi, you know, Brandon Ashley, you know, Corey Webster squad that, you know, with, with those guys brought them, brought them back and then they put Dennis with junior in and that's supposed to be like your nail in the coffin where you're like, okay, we're throwing out, we're throwing out our, our, our ringer here and he's going to go out there and beat and beat you guys. Cause he's, he's our, our, our step up. You know, we took it to this level. Now all of a sudden who can take it to the next level? Well, it's Dennis with junior, obviously. And they brought him out and he just had some ISO plays that were exactly what a lot of people thought of him. And this is going to be really hot takey. I think the Mavericks would have won that game if they didn't put Dennis Smith Jr. back in the game. I really can't speak on it because I was watching Daenerys Targaryen and her dragons. So the second half, I, I can't speak on a ton, but I did. When shaking I did my head. Me, I'm shaking my head in shame. Hey, if you knew what Daenerys looked like, I think you would be watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, um. When I turned it off, Dallas was down by like what twenty four or something. Yeah, just down by and a lot. People were I calling it, it. I turned it back on, and they were down by like six. Yep. And I'm like, what the heck happened? And so it's interesting that you said that they came back without Dennis Smith. I saw him in there at the end of the game because I watched the final buzzer and all that stuff. But most of it, they came back without him, which was interesting to me. I'm not gonna lie. When I saw it, I'm like, oh sweet man, Dennis went off. Like this is gonna be awesome. I'm gonna rewind it. He had 10 points in the first quarter. He had, uh, uh, let's see, four points in the second quarter. He had seven points in the whole second half. Hmm. So what did he end up with? 20? 21. So it looks good on paper, but 10 of those were in the first quarter when they were already losing by 10. So I didn't really – I mean, it does help them. It's points. Points are points. But the positioning of those of those points didn't really help them. He didn't. He wasn't the guy that down the stretch got them buckets. And then he had a, this really bad foul – when they were, when the game was still within reach, you know, Yogi had this ISO, Dennis had this ISO, then Yogi fouled, like did a did a uh, intentional foul on a fast break where uh, it wasn't a clear path foul. There was, you know, I think it was Brandon Ashley behind him, but he just didn't want to give up another fast break and give up another momentum. And so I thought it was a smart foul by Yogi to do that. And then two plays later, Dennis Smith Jr. does the same sort of foul, but it was completely unnecessary because they had numbers like the defense had numbers and he mm. just fouled him because he beat him off the dribble because Dennis Smith Jr. got beat off the dribble for some reason and uh, he just looked a little frustrated after that and that I just didn't like the decision making and so that's just stuff that you know we're gonna have to work through and it reminded me that this season's still gonna be rough and we're still gonna lose a lot of games in the in the fourth quarter because if you rely on a rookie point guard they're gonna make mistakes that's just the nature of having a rookie point guard yeah I mean that's just part of it but it's kind of like pros and cons. We're going to get some highlight dunks, and it's going to be fun. And there's going to be games where Dennis puts up 31 points. There's going to be games where Dennis puts up 12 and miss, you know, misses 14 shots. And yep. it's just part of it. You can't overreact either way. But we know that you all will ride or die with us, just like we ride or die with SeatGeek. Guys, SeatGeek is an app. If you're not using SeatGeek, you're completely losing it and completely missing it. Uh, SeatGeek is a great app. I used it not last weekend, but the weekend before that. I used it to get some Rangers tickets, and it's just super easy. You just go on the app. They do. They have different colored, you know, like uh, sections for what is a good deal. If it's super green, then it's a really good deal. If it's red, then it's overpriced at that point. And you can just look at where you are, look at all the seats, look at where you want to sit, what specific row, what specific section. You can look at all that, and it aggregates all these different websites from all these different places. Take a look at SeatGeek, and if you use if you download SeatGeek and you use it, you want to go to a Rangers game, you want to go to a Wings game. Dallas Wings are playing; they played tonight. They had a double overtime win. It was really good. <laughs> if you wanted, if you want to uh, get in on that, download the SeatGeek app. Use the promo code 
L O N B A. So that's that's the initials for Locked On National Basketball Association. Locked On NBA. So L O N B A, not Lonzo NBA. That's not what it stands for. Not L O Z or or Zo or whatever. Not that. L O N B A is your promo code. Get twenty dollars off your first purchase for SeatGeek. And if you do that, it really helps us. So please, we would really appreciate you guys doing that. And uh, yeah, SeatGeek's been good to us as a whole network. Download SeatGeek now. Do it. You won't regret it. <laughs> like the Orlando Magic will not regret signing Jonathan Simmons to that really low contract. Yo, everybody get up. Everybody get up. Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep, and she don't know where to find them. Go! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. That, to me, was surprising. I mean, we were talking about, and everybody, I feel like, on Twitter was talking about how Jonathan Simmons is going to get this huge contract, maybe double digit, you know, this, uh, this eight-digit eight deal, you know, like, like double-digit millions and all this stuff. And it ended up being, you know, a five million, five million, six million dollar deal each year. And the the last year, only one million of that is guaranteed. So this was it seems to me like an almost it's an absolute steal, but I know you're on the other side of this where you think we just talked ourselves into Jonathan Simmons a little bit too much. Yeah, and you know, I don't you know, I said on the last pod or do it. I can't remember if I said it on the pod or we said it at, before we pushed record, but I said I wouldn't pay him now. We talk too much, man. We talk so much. <laughs> we do. This year, but. we're just not going to be able to keep track of when we say things because we're also going to see our, each other in person more. That's true. And then we're going to see each other on the pod, and then we're going to talk on the pod. And gosh, get used to this face to. right here, Isaac. Get used but, to it. <laughs> but I said I wouldn't pay him eight or nine million. Yeah, and yeah, which I, turned I, out to be right. Neither would the I magic. Think, yeah, I think you thought I was kind of crazy with that, but I thought you were. Last se- last off season in that market, like if this was, if this if the same market was last year was this this year, I think he would have got ten plus. Yeah, but it's just like I don't know. Like I mean, I I like him, but I didn't fall completely. Really cool story, but I just didn't fall completely in love with. You know, he's kind of like a. He's kind of like an older Finney Smith, you he's, know. Like, well, yeah, and 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 for, player format wise or, or journey wise, he's like Seth Curry, right? He's you know older guy that's just now started to find his place in the NBA, and you know finally made it after being in the D League and all this stuff. And yeah, solid player. I mean, I think I think he'll come in and and do fine. I just don't I don't see him as a starter. And then in like Orlando, Orlando needs shooting. That fit is so bad. It's not his cup of tea but i don't know with with this and with the rondo contract there are sometimes these contracts and these free agent contracts where the mavericks you know mavericks fans you're gonna look back and say man i'm so glad we didn't sign jonathan Simmons. i'm so glad we didn't sign drew holiday because they're going to places where they are going to be asked to do maybe more than they're than they're able to do and they're gonna play worse than they did in their, their place before you know, where because just the fit and because of the culture and because of where they are. Jonathan Simmons is going from the best culture in the NBA to arguably the worst. Beside, like, what's a worse culture? Maybe, maybe the Knicks. <laughs> maybe the Knicks is a culture, but the the Magic just don't have a culture. Like, if you had to ask me to explain what the Magic culture is right now, I would be dumbfounded. I have no idea. Well, I asked this, I asked a question on Twitter this past week, and a couple of people took this question and tweet you know quote tweet and stuff and it actually started getting a ton of like crap notifications was that your 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 comparison of dennis smith jr to baron davis no no, no. we'll talk about that one but we'll uh, talk about that one tomorrow this one was about what fan base is the most depressed right now and it's pretty much the best the better way to question is who has the least to, to be excited about right now and yeah i got a lot of nets and knicks but like i don't buy the next the nets thing because you know, they just got D'Lo. They can be excited about, you know, D'Angelo Russell. Their coach is a good coach. Sean Marks is doing his thing. Like, they yeah. they at least have hope now. The Knicks, you still got Porzingis. Like, 
anybody would die to have Porzingis. Like you Seriously. still have him. So we spent almost a whole pod trying to figure out how to get Porzingis. Yeah. So like. <laughs> You look at some of these teams, even like Phoenix, they have Devin Booker. So, like, some of these teams that have sucked and have sucked recently, they at least have a potential superstar on their hands. So, like, the couple teams that I throw in that mix was, like, Chicago, Orlando, and Atlanta. Yeah. So, like, for for me, Atlanta right now, like, Atlanta just lost Millsap and Horford for nothing. Their best player is literally Dennis Schroeder. So... I mean, outside of that, you're paying Bazemore twenty million a year, and like your best, your best, your best prospect is Torian Prince. So, like, if you're a fan of the you know Atlanta right now, you're just like they're in a place uh, that the Mavericks were in probably two years ago, where where Wes Matthews is sort of your de facto like best player, <laughs> and you are you know trying to figure out what to do, and you have like these some young guys that are sort of interesting, but because now they are the most interesting part of this team, they're gonna be they're gonna be overrated and over like looked not overlooked, but uh, people are gonna look at them and be like, that's it, like that's what I should be excited about as an Orlando Magic fan, like like for Justin Anderson, we looked at Justin Anderson and said like, oh, he's a young, exciting player on the Mavericks, but the more you watch him, the more you watch him, you say, well. I don't even know if this guy's going to be, you know, is this guy's going to turn out to be anything. But because he was the only young guy on the roster, we all got so excited about him. But we also had Dirk. And yeah, that's the difference. That's that, a huge difference. That, you know, that gives you the excitement, too. You know, who who, who are Atlanta fans going to see? And not with Dwight Orla- anymore. Not Dwight. Not Miles so Plumley. For Atlanta, or I mean for Orlando, Orlando's so weird because I feel like some of their players can be good in different situations. Like, I'm still like I still have a condo on uh, Hazonia's Island. Like I still yeah. What's up with that him. guy? He get, he gets pushed back with this Jonathan Simmons deal too. I just yeah, and I wish they just sh- start shipping off a bunch of the people. Like put Vucevic somewhere else to come off the bench, and I don't know. Like Aaron Gordon, what the heck is going to happen to him? What like what are they even paying next year? You know he has he's going to be extension worthy. What is he? You know going forward. <laughs> It's bad yeah. when you're about to be up for an extension and we're still asking, what are you? <laughs> yeah, Alfred Payton's no more for his hair than his game. So, yeah. That, I think a, the boat sailed on him. You go through the best point guards in the NBA and that guy is 29, 30, <laughs> you know? <laughs> on maybe even lower than that. Cause maybe like Sean Livingston, a couple of these backups are going to be better than him. Yeah. Jeremy Lin and, and D'Angelo Russell, both on the same team now. And you bring yeah. in all these point guards to all these different teams, you know, Foltz. Lonzo, Fox, jeez, and I'm not. Is I'm he the worst the, starting shooting? Is he the worst starting point guard in the NBA? Uh, I don't know. I think Darren Collison's going to start in Indiana. Holy cow! Holy buckets! So uh, that might and the, the Knicks still don't have anybody. So they're bringing back Rose probably. <laughs> probably yeah. Gosh. But I don't. I just want to say I'm not the biggest hater of the Rondo deal. Because only because, and I don't know if they're going to do this or not. I have no clue. And if you've seen anything, just tell me. They're going to play them together. That was the only way I I, I like. They it. are. They're going to play okay. them together. Put Drew at you know at the two guard and let Rondo run the show. And if he if Rondo can play like he did for Chicago in the playoffs, then I don't think it's that bad. Like just let him run the show. You run these pick and rolls, and he still can't shoot. And they need shooters around him really bad. But I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't hate it. Like, it's okay. There's a head case rule, though. You can't have more than one head case on a team. They but they, you, they and, survived in Sacramento, though, didn't they? I mean, they didn't do that bad together. Like, Rondo and, and Cousins? Yeah, like, but, they didn't yeah, tear but, each other's heads off, did they? Yeah, but Jamarcus Cousins is no longer in Sacramento. There's a reason for that. Yeah. But you I know? feel like they wouldn't have brought him in, though, if they didn't. Like, if they, they had knew that they didn't get along in Sacramento, I think they wouldn't have brought him in, but. Not that, not that, not that the two cousins. of them, not that the two of them didn't get along. Not that the two man unit's going to be bad, but now you have two guys. All of a sudden, they start button heads with other people. You take sides. Mm. All of a sudden, you have this locker room divided. You have the Rondo Boogie side, and you have Anthony Davis and everybody else side. <laughs> and it's like, does is that what it turns into? You know? Yeah. And both sides are like looking at each other and be like, "Well, do you have anybody that can shoot? No. Do you have anybody <laughs> that can shoot? No. Well, neither one of us do. So we're just going to suck." <laughs> That's it. That's exactly it. I think it's going to be a disaster. I just think that that is that's that's a lot of talent that sort of looks good on paper, but then you're going to put it together, and I just I don't know how it works. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. 
We don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it more. I'm sure we'll do a whole preview of all the Western Conference teams, and we'll talk about that. So, uh, All right, let's finish this off with the uh, Sodom Shame. This one comes into us from Facebook, the Great Mavs Nation page. Uh, this is a three-team trade that this guy had brewing in his head, and uh, it involves the Dallas Mavericks, which, of course, because it has to include the Dallas Mavericks. This is locked on Mavericks, of course, and if you've made it all the way to the, the hour mark in this podcast, which we are almost at, you are a true MFFL. You are a true Mavs fan. So in this deal, he thinks that the Knicks are going to be shipping out both Carmelo and Chris Porzingis. Okay. <laughs> So let me just go team by team what they're receiving, okay? Yes. The Mavericks would be receiving Ryan Anderson and Kristaps Porzingis. Mm. Both. Uh oh. <laughs> the Rockets would be receiving what they want, and that's Carmelo Anthony. Hmm. Okay. The Knicks will be receiving Eric Gordon. That's the first player I bring. <laughs> Dwight that, Dwight Powell. Oh. And Devin Harris and Devin Harris. Done deal now. And he said, he said, throw in a through few draft pick exchanges, and this deal, and this <laughs> deal, in. this deal could work. Houston could send a future first rounder, or and or a second to Dallas to sweeten the Ooh. deal. Dallas could send a protected first rounder to New York, and maybe a second rounder. Maybe. So, what you're telling me, this the Knicks have a new GM, and I know that some people don't like that we make fun of people, and I hadn't I haven't used this name. It's just this bad trade that I really I really think is funny. So, the Mavericks are getting Chris Porzingis, and they're getting a future first from Houston. That is ridiculous. That does not happen. And all you're sending out is Dwight Powell and Devin Harris and a protected first. No, I just want I just want to say hats off to the Knicks. Because you just successfully traded Porzingis and Melo and got back Eric Gordon as your <laughs> best player back in the deal. And a protected so, first. Don't forget about the protected first. Oh, yeah, protected first. Well, let's... There's, so the, uh, Knicks, the Knicks would receive a protected first, Eric Gordon, Dwight Powell, Devin Harris, and potentially a second rounder in this deal for Carmelo and Kristaps Porzingis. That's it. Tra- trade machine? In the trade machine and successful. He screenshotted it and everything. You should have to pass a a test to log into Trade Machine. At the end, at the end of his post, he just says thoughts question mark thoughts. <laughs> we have lots of thoughts on that, but for now, I will just say, Isaac, what you working on this week? What am I working on? Well, I just finished a piece comparing Dennis Smith to Baron Davis. Um, I don't know, I got some good traction this past week. Got a good interaction. Baron Davis quote tweeting. How about Baron Davis quote tweeting you? Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. retweeting him. How about that? Yeah. You so, showed up on Dennis Smith Jr.'s timeline. How I about did. That? I did. You can see my name. Because I took up for – there's just something about – people forget that Baron Davis used to be good and that when he was not hurt, he was really good. So I think it's a great comparison. It's my favorite comparison whenever I look back at, like, looking back some of these, like Westbrook, Chris Paul, Francis, Smith, you know, whatever. So I don't know. I spent some time on that. I enjoyed it. Baron Davis, I guess, saw it. You know, tweet out some different things with that, so that's fun. Um, what I'm working on, I don't know. I'm just working. I'm working on a longer piece about next summer, so just be on the lookout for that. Hopefully, I can finish it in the next day or so. I'm getting Ooh. close to finish it. I did the last piece I did was a Josh Adams piece that I did in the airport, and then I was working all weekend, so I haven't been working anything. But I'm working. I'm I'm starting this piece about summer league and these AAU type tournaments. And it's about binge watching basketball. I just find it fascinating that people can just, you know, that, that people do that and it's starting to be a thing. And it's something I think that we should do more of. So I have some suggestions for the NBA, other things like that to, uh, to, to, uh, to take a look at. So be looking out, go to DallasSportsFanatic.com. Definitely go to the Isaac and his team got a lot of good stuff going on there. And there may be some, uh, some big things on the horizon. So just be looking out this week. Be on the lookout. Be on the lookout this week. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. And remember, please download SeatGeek. Use the promo code LONBA if you want to go to a Rangers game, a Wings game, any kind of concert or anything like that in the area. I know there's a lot of stuff going on for the summer. Jay-Z is coming to the American Airlines Center in November. So be <laughs> look out for that. I saw the I saw the forty four forty four on the or four forty four on the on the uh, video board while I was driving by AAC and I was like, oh, ho, ho. 
I think Kendrick was here this past week, wasn't he? Yeah, people were freaking out. So, okay. also, thanks for the, the reviews, guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, so, go to iTunes if you have not and rate and review the podcast. It really helps us with ratings, and we want to be the highest rated locked on show because we are the highest rated fan base, of course. Yes, we are. And, guys, don't forget, winter is here. Is this show all about winter? Like, is it ever? <laughs> is it perpetually winter? Is it like the frozen of, of like adult shows? You got, well, you guys, you got to remember, or you got to think about. They've been saying for six seasons now, winter is coming. Winter is coming. Still? You constantly hear it. So now, winter is here. Really? So this final season, they're saying winter is here. Well, it's not the final season, but there's there's stuff that comes with winter that I can't give it away, but... Watch, watch winter be like Elsa, but like in, in Game of Thrones mode, and she just like throw everything into ice. So, all right, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Peace out. Boom. Ace's place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is nine ninety-nine. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.